Well, you know what they always say about accounting? It's, it's <laughs> like the dancing of the mind. I don't know. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I am putting all the little lambs on notice. We are going through our Passover checklist today. Boiled meat? Check. Sandals? Check. Tim Ayers? Check. Tim is pasaching by <laughs> to tell us why God didn't pass over anything at all. And we are dancing with Mary Poppins choreography leader, choreographer, Lori Seiler. <laughs> but before we get out of Egypt, now that they've finished assembling their bundles of hyssop branches, let's welcome in our favorite loin girders, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good gird, day. gird those loins. Yeah. <laughs> gird them. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. I'm really good. Guys, we're on Tuesday now. It's it's, it's a new rhythm. We're kind of in the middle of the day here. Um, how does it feel? Does it feel kind of out of whack? Marin, you're supposed to be off work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not used to this. We're the not, Tuesday no. thing is weird. We're really bad at this. We've all come in on vacation <laughs> mm-hmm. to record the pod because it's just it that means a lot. Fun. It means a lot to us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. So... New schedule for anybody uh, who was expecting this on Tuesday. I'm sorry. We're coming out on Wednesdays now. Um, so mark your calendar. Save the date. But guys, I want to know what's new with you. What's happening? Uh, so there's a phrase I say about myself sometimes that uh, I always swim in a lot of pools, but I always dive in head first. So I've heard you say it a thousand times. Uh, you know, <laughs> I thought of a new analogy this morning. I'm like a pad of butter that is spread very thinly over many, many <laughs> slices of toast. <laughs> All right. It makes sense to me. What I'm trying to say is I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I love jumping from one interest or hobby to another. And I mm-hmm. always dive in like head first and I get really obsessed. And so what is I it this time? Well, woodworking, I mentioned it last week. Now, I mean, I am deep into, <laughs> into that. Now I haven't bought more stuff than I did last time. I've just been, I've started making an actual little house for Humphrey, his little hidey hole mm. house, which is going to be deluxe with like a roof and a little chimney. It's going to be awesome. But I am now, I've already have the next like five years of equipment that I'm going to be buying (laughs) planned out in my head. And I'm like, okay, next summer, if I get a house, I'll be able to have my workshop and then I can get a table saw and I got to decide, do I want to get one that's going to be able to take dado blades or, and what's my rip, what's my rip capacity that I want to get for that kind of stuff. And, you know, gird your loins. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, it's so, it's so me. It's the way that I always am with anything that I'm passionate about. I, I am all in and I'm watching YouTube videos about it and I'm talking about it constantly. So you're building, building things of wood. I'll show you a picture. It'll look, you'll like it. It'll look cool. You're building Humphrey a bunny house. Yeah. Cool. That's that's all. This is things that I can do now that will help me get the skills and experience I need to be able to actually make like really cool human stuff. Yeah. Someday when I have a table saw. What's the first human stuff you want to make? Yeah. Like a, I want to make like a table. Like kind of like this with different uh, boards put together yep. and make it not necessarily a big one, but I got maybe a side idea. table. I, I sent you an idea. We Did have you? been, we've been sharing woodworking ideas ever really? since we yep. found out that you have found this new hobby because yeah. I need a board game table. <laughs> yeah. Which it's I, like I said, give me about a year to like yeah. learn the skills to be able to do that. <laughs> All right. Merit, what's and, up and with you? I said you already have the table legs. We have legs. the table legs yeah. already. Yeah. Plenty there. of table legs. Friends this could the be the longest table ever because I have 12 <laughs> fascinating legs to fit Again, upon this table. Again, or a normal size table with extra legs yep. for extra support. <laughs> yeah. 
Tim Ayers is here. Hey, he's Tim. here. He doesn't hey. have his headphones on yet, though. He's yeah. he's settling in. Welcome, Tim. Hi. How's it going? It's actually going really good. Good. I have to, it's really good, proper English. Mm, probably not. Really well. I, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's it's, wonderful to hear. Would you tell us why? Is it because we're doing this on a Tuesday? No, it doesn't have anything oh. to do with Tuesday. <laughs> okay. No, um, no, I'm just feeling good about life. Yeah? Wow. Yeah. Did you just get off a bike ride or something? Actually, I did, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. I think. Yeah, uh, the no, endorphins. It's just, yeah, just... Things are good. Yeah, uh, let's not... You know, yeah, we'll knock, some, on, we'll knock on the wood yeah. of a table that Barry didn't make. Yeah. Yet. I, uh, <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, Barry wants to get into woodworking. Do you have any advice? I do. It's Yeah, uh, of in, course. Uh, I've got advice about it. He knows it. everything about everything. I would talk to Jim Swanson immediately. Well, yeah, uh, Jim actually of, made this of table. Said table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, talk to him about the. You need. You need to be prepared. Somebody in the family besides you needs to be prepared for the influx of or outgoing of cash for the right tools. Yeah. Well, right. Tools are the main thing. It's like I've I've noticed there are three tiers of tools. There's the thirty to forty dollar hand tool thing that you kind of need. Then there's like the three hundred four hundred dollar intro level like bigger tool, mm-hmm. and then you jump straight up to about right. two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars for the big ones if you're really into it. I think I'll stick with the lower levels. No, <laughs> he he sounded like he was talking about bicycles there. Yeah, yeah seriously. For some this reason, it all comes back. This is what to hobbies do to us. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Can I, you make those things yet? You know those signs that's at like every lake house you've ever seen, where it's like lake house, but it's like carved a little bit, and the lake is. uh I don't know, burnt. It's like burnt. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. actually have a wood burning tool. You do. Worst burn I ever suffered in my life was when I accidentally grabbed it like a pen and Ooh. I burned Ooh. both my fingers horribly. <laughs> you have one. I have a wood burning tool. Oh, that's what you need, Step Barry. Step ahead I can, of you, Barry. Tell you what, I'll make the the frame or the actual wood thing, which I can do, and then you can make the burnt deal lake <laughs> deal. all i do yeah. is watch you youtube now knows that i don't want to watch anything but woodworking yeah. videos so the algorithm is aware that's kind of like me and elmo right now every time i sign okay. into youtube it's like elmo videos here we go again that's like crazy great, there's a great song by ronald cole and the trillionaires called working with wood uh-huh. and the chorus goes working with wood chop chop that's yeah. it. Oh, yes, that's I'm working. You can go find it. Makes it. Sense. If you're Ronald it Cole makes and sense. One of the best band names. One of the best bands I ever saw. Ronald Cole and the Trillionaires. But they had that song, and every once in a while, I'll say something about chopping wood or something, and I'll hear my wife in the back of the house go chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, Marin, how are you Marin, doing? What's new? What's I'm happening? Exhausted, y'all. I'm sorry, I don't what? have a whole lot. Why are to you working you today? On. Um, well, one, we always come in to do the pod on our days I know, off. but I saw you That's par for the course. ago. Yeah, there's lots and lots and lots you, and lots of work to be done. You're on fall break. Straight up. My children are on oh. fall break. I'm not, but I am taking tomorrow off. All right. We're going to go to, I don't know, maybe the friends of the pod can weigh in. Mm-hmm. The original plan was to do a day trip to Brown County, show the kids the leaves. But where I've been to Brown County, I have not been to turkey runs since I was a small child. So what's the difference? I don't know. Location? Tim knows the difference. Tim will tell us. <laughs> Tim knows the difference. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering if the trees are actually worth the trip because um, everything's so far behind right now. Yeah. Oh, it is. 
I'm not sure. I know um, my husband and I went to Brown County this time last year and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just the two of us that went and I felt bad that the kids weren't there and didn't get to like see all the beauty and go hiking and all that. So this year I was bound and determined that before the leaves are gone completely, we'll go. You and could probably make see, I mean, the leaves are starting to change. You'd see some, some, of some it, prettiness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why, don't, why don't you do <laughs> everything's Sh really shades late. state park is also over there by turkey run and it's less uh popular what but is it it's called shades, shades. never yeah. heard of it same like same feel in general you, there's still things to look at yeah rocks yeah but probably both on sugar creek probably i don't know yeah but I don't know anything. Or so what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Jed and I were going to kind of look up and see if there were differences that made one stand mm -hmm. out over the other. My husband and I, of course, we love hiking. We love vigorous hiking, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you do? But the kids, not not They're so not much. not vigorous hiking. No. Yeah, Desi doesn't strike me as the uh, <laughs> not so adventurer. No, she's already complaining about it. I can't wow. wait. I am so all excited right. for this family day of fun, and she is already, Family yeah, day of mandatory Family fun. day of hiking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care. As long as I'm outdoors breathing fresh air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have been- Crisp. Just- You want that crisp fall air? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? I, I can't remember. Friday was my day off, this last Friday. Mm-hmm. I went and did yard work just so I could be outside. I'm just never outside anymore. Do you feel that way? Gotta Lord? get outside. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I want one solid oh, day of just Poppins. being outside. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 We'll be here till what? Like 10 tonight mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of a lot of work. All right. <laughs> Big ups to everybody who uh, either stays home with their children or is a single parent because I had two days... <laughs> Oh my goodness, here we go. Oh wait, I've got a violin in my case over here. My bag, this I week, bring th one. This yeah. last weekend, uh, Lauren was helping family like get ready for a family wedding. So she was out uh, Friday and Saturday. So both Friday and Saturday, I had Milo all day. Okay, I did not know we are trying to get Milo on a one nap a day schedule instead of the usual two nap a day thing. So Milo wakes up at seven. I'm like, all right, I got plans. We're going to go get breakfast. And then we're going to go to the board game store and then we're going to stop by the Humane Society just so we can see dogs and cats and play with them and stuff. And then it'll be time for his morning nap. Perfect. All right. Well, every minute felt like a half hour <laughs> until that time. And then I get home and it's like 1030, which is normal, according to me, nap time. And Lauren, I, I talk with her and she's like, no, we're trying to do the one nap a day thing. So you can't put him down to like two. And I was like. I don't have the stamina for this. What? How do you do this every day? That is insane. So what I have to did do you four do? more hours of this. Uh, I waited until she left and then I just put him down. No, you did not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kept him up for like another good hour, but he was losing it. He was losing steam. She left and she, and I said, I'm probably going to put him down as soon as you leave. And she said, okay. And so I did, but I had the appreciation for her and for everybody else who has to do this because that is crazy because of two days what that was the first day <laughs> <laughs> i had to do second, it a whole other day, day milo had four naps <laughs> yeah. yeah man so that was that's up that's what's up with me man. so well done people yep. who care for children seriously mm -hmm. uh, big ups man all right we got a jam-packed pod we do so let's move on and let's talk to our guest Lori. welcome Thank you. I'm doing this again. I'll tell you why later. Lori Seiler's here, everybody. <laughs> Yay! Well <Welcome>. done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> the real reason is I forgot to hit record on my intro, so I'm gonna have to re-record the intro. <laughs> Our producer's not here. It's we're fine. We're fine, everybody. But. I missed that part. We're never fine when our producer's I not know, here. I know, guys. I didn't ask for this. We've had a, a cascade of issues. <laughs> every time. Times, yeah. It's every time. Oh, All right, Lauren. You are here for a very special reason. You are the choreographer for Mary, the upcoming show, Mary Poppins at Grace Church. Yes. That... You can all blame me. Oh, my no. goodness. Oh, come on. All right, so the very first time I met you... Oh, no. You were screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was in Les Mis. Mm-hmm. You were the choreographer for that mm-hmm. show. And you, I had never met you, I don't think, before. And uh, you were screaming in my face, windows and doors. Like, yes. Windows and doors! Windows like, I don't know doors. what that means. And so <laughs> you are kind of known as like <laughs> the showrunner. When it comes to big shows, you're kind of mm-hmm. like the show. Like you run this show in terms of dance and movement and all that stuff. I got a couple questions. First one is, <laughs> when did that start? Like, when did you get into dance, dancing? And then when did you start teaching dance? So I grew up dancing probably at the age of seven. And it really started with just um, a little girl down the way danced. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to do it. Really? She does. Yeah. It literally was a neighbor girl. And I was like, she goes to dance. I want to go to dance. Was it like a special kind of dance or just general Dance. jazz ballet so your typical studio type yeah. dancing and okay. then over the years um do so i grew up in a perfect like a tap very tap driven mm, studio perfect then, for the show totally and is there tap in mary there poppins is tap. oh my goodness we don't want to give too much away okay. now but there is well, if you've seen tap. mary poppins <laughs> is it tap dancing oh. <laughs> yeah I just, I just have to say that if i just said to my parents that i want to dance like the people down the street oh, they would gosh. have all gone dancing is a sin oh no so like i i can't even say the word without blushing dancing i can't i can't actually leave for a minute say, i can't say it without looking to heaven and saying father for, Tim, for, I'm, I'm immediately picturing you as a young man angry dancing in an abandoned factory yeah. like yes. saying like footloose well let's yes. just say there there came a day when the dancing plug was un. <laughs> and it I know we're not here talking about this with me but oh, it had everything to do with the punk rock movement yeah, let's yeah. just say I'll put were it were you slam yes. dancing oh my word oh my word yes I knew I liked you Tim yes so slam dancing is slam dancing in Mary Poppins to... as well no <laughs> Okay. Well, it, if, if it is, it's, it's accidentally. It's accidental. yeah. Yeah, there could be. There's a lot of moving people. There were a people, few moments so yesterday. Yeah. So you started dancing started at a young little, age. Um, danced, and then I uh, went to college. I had a minor or a major in accounting, and then I danced at Ball State, taking classes. Those two go together. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. I would go to four hours of dance, and then go to my accounting class, and be sweaty, gross. Oh my I'm goodness. Sure wow. No. Me. I mean, to me, that so I. I I don't know you well at all, but I've seen your like playbook of dance moves that look like hieroglyphs <laughs> and grids, and they, it just looks like math on paper. Mm-hmm. But that's it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. A right brain, left brain. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what they always say about accounting. It's <laughs> like the dancing of the mind. It's math dancing. It's the, <laughs> it's the philobolus. <laughs> yeah. of, it's what it is. Oh my gosh. 
so yeah so yeah and then that's I, how it happened that's how it happened and so um i eventually i came to grace about 10 years ago and yeah um, i was are you reading my questions no i'm not that was my next Sorry. question <laughs> did you grow up in this no. area no i'm originally from Muncie. Okay. Yeah. So I, my professional career brought me down here. And so I moved down here about 10 years ago instead of commuting and landed at Grace. Wow. And so Grace historically has always been like, uh, into the arts, like mm-hmm. featuring the arts. And so we have, or had a dance ministry that mm-hmm. you were a part of, or you led. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when these big shows come around, are you always kind of the point person that we're looking to, to say, what do we, how do we tap dance? What, how do we get Marin to dance? What are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) So it really kind of started with, um, it, when they first originally did Godspell, uh, five years, yeah, Yeah. five shows ago. And it was, you know, kind of like, Hey Lori, do you want to do this? And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really the introduction. And I had done one other musical before and, uh, my favorite is always people remind me, you do know we have to sing, right? I'm like, yeah, it's called a musical. You move and you sing at the same time. Um, so yeah, that, that's all right. They're like, yeah. we have to sing. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Work out a little bit. Yeah. Let's do this. Oh, um, so they're like out of breath. They're out of breath. Yeah. yeah. Oh and my goodness. So, yes. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. <laughs> the new move you threw at me last night. I'm like, is she serious? No words will come out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just start lip syncing at that point? What happens? Yeah. I'm relying heavily on those around me. Like, take it, guys. I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So... Do you, tr- do you intentionally, like, what is your goal when a show like this comes up? Is it to make Marin like <laughs> sore? No, or no, I, yeah, you know, suffer. I, my, I guess kind of wheelhouse, what I absolutely love and trust me in the moment when I'm yelling doors and windows at people, I really do it. It's, it's, what is, what do I call it? Like, you know, it's, it's encourage, leadership. It's well, yeah. Um, encouraging, <laughs> you know, kind of, I, it's, it's yeah. lovingly encouraging you guys. Come on. I really do. <laughs> it's order. It's got to get in order. Got to get in order. But, um, it, it, I love watching, you know, the Marins or even the ones of the chorus that have no dance experience whatsoever mm-hmm. as they start to get it and to see them become really confident with it. Like, that's what I absolutely love. What about the people that don't get it and then never get it? Um, we love them too. <laughs> that's Tim. That's, that's also Tyler. me. Yeah. Definitely me. To this day, I have not danced the waltz correctly in Les Mis. <laughs> Do you know the exact number of like ensemble people? Like yesterday, you you made reference to herding cats. It's herding. Mm. It's a a lot. It's a lot of people to try to coordinate. We are from a chorus standpoint. I think we're roughly like eighty five people somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. So it really is. It's it's herding cats. Yeah. And I, rarely is it eighty five people doing the same thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. This group is doing that move, and that group's doing that move, and it, it's there's so much to keep straight. Mm-hmm. I, that part's fascinating. Like, where do you even begin? So do you, is it just like watch the movie and pull a few moves from there and then the rest is just like so, in your brain? How do you come up with the what everybody's going to do? What's everybody going to do? So I really start, I kind of in a way go back to kind of how you write a, I don't know if a sermon or even how you write like a an essay for for school, I listen to the song over and over and over to the point where mm-hmm. I don't want to ever hear it again. Mm-hmm. And I kind of write an outline going, okay, in this, mm-hmm. in this section of the music, I, I see this. And mm-hmm. you know, you do have kind of a uh, structure to how you want to dance. And I kind of structure it out. And then if it is a, 
very common show or one that people are going to expect certain things to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go watch a lot of different versions, whether it's the Broadway version or different Australia sometimes Mm -hmm. does a lot of their Broadway or British version. I'll go watch different versions, gather ideas from that perspective Mm -hmm. and then kind of start to lay out, excuse me. And then for me with their 85 chorus people, and I've, you know, told them I try to make sure that I honor them in making sure that all of them get a moment mm. of some sort um, where they're in a group A or a group B to try to make sure that they've got something special. So yeah. they're just not, you know, standing in the back behind 83 other people. And For the record, I would have been <laughs> fine just standing A lot in the of back. people are. So <laughs> true. <laughs> so true. In fact, that's what I signed on for. I'm like, I'll just stand in the back. A little did you know. Little did I know there's not one moment where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. I'm picturing you like leaping and doing high kicks yeah, and things. Well, Maren, tell us all about like where are you in your evolution of uh, dance right now? Get your tickets, guys, because it's going to be epic. Really? <laughs> yes. It's. Um, I'm just proud that I haven't hurt myself yet. <laughs> That's there That's were a, a couple of people I won't name names. Mm. Couple big spills yeah. this week. Yeah. Oh no! Someone no. nearly took my eye out. So. <gasps> Just, now, you're on names. staff, so it could be workman's comp. <laughs> oh, right. wow. I wonder. That's what I was kind of hoping yeah. for mm-hmm. this process. Mary needs a vacation. <laughs> um, okay, so like Mandy, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you are a volunteer. Yes. Like you are doing this yes. on a, and you have a life. You came yes. from work. You're dressed like you. What, can you tell us what you do for, for a job? Or I don't want to say you. going to say, tell us how you're dressed. You're dressed. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you look like you have a job. I was going to say, you look like you run a business, but can you tell us what you do so that I can be accurate in what I Okay. So yeah. So I am professionally a senior vice president with a real estate development company. So you do I do run a business. I do. I, yeah. I manage a team that oversees the commercial de- finance development um, for a lot of commercial mixed use projects in Carmel. Yeah. So this is volunteer basis. Yes. How do you live your life well <laughs> in the two months or however long, five months Not that it takes well to right takes to get prepared for a show like this? Um, luckily, it does help to be the boss, I guess, in a way of where I run my department. So I... Like guys, I got to call in sad today. <laughs> yeah, I'm just exactly. too sore. <laughs> so there are moments. Um, I definitely... I do have the luxury of a very flexible job and the fact that I can, life happens, it doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't stop at eight in the morning and picks back up at five, it blends all together. So um, I can come to meetings when they need to and I work evenings and I'll work on the weekends and I kind of just make it all work. Uh, Are you tired? Like I'm exhausted. Okay, okay. okay I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So even mm-hmm. when I get home, because even when the cast leaves, yeah, we're still trying to figure out what yeah. we still need to do. So these next Man. two weeks are um, really exhausting. So I get home usually about eleven, eleven thirty, but that's past my like second wind. So mm-hmm. then I can't go to sleep. Oh my goodness! So I'm up until like oh, one, no. and then some randomly I'll wake up in the middle of the night and things are moving through my brain. Yeah. Which, ex- yeah. which explains the uh, the candy cane smell. Yeah, sorry, the peppermint smell oh, that yeah. I brought in with me because of my headache. <laughs> oh, that's what, why. <laughs> that was me. Yes. Got to do essential oils. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need some of that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what are we, a week from opening night? Yes. How we- are you feeling? 
Are we one week from opening night? <laughs> Not quite. When the pod comes out, we'll be. Uh, yeah, oh, almost. Really? We'll be it's, Friday. it's next Friday. <laughs> Marin's sweating. Um, I'm sweating with her. No, yeah. I. You know, it is one of those. These these are the moments right now, which are the hardest because we're adding. Um, we've got on the set now for a few days. The tech is starting to add in. You're getting all the pieces. You're starting to refine. We're finishing stuff <laughs> like at the last minute, which is it happens. Um, so mm-hmm. it's this last moment where we're all. Uh, energy's running low, but, you know, emotions and nervousness and anxiousness is all running high. So yeah. it definitely will all come. It'll come together. Crashing together yeah. on yeah. Saturday. It always does. <laughs> yep. Always does. Saturday, Saturday we add the orchestra. Sunday we add full tech. And so it'll start to really Whoa. come together. Sunday, your favorite word. <laughs> Marin's got the dance sweats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your, your favorite word is going to be hold <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Tech, tech rehearsal is uh, an endurance race. Yes, it is. It's a marathon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bring salad. That's what you're saying. Bring salad. Bring munchies. Protein. Yes. Mm-hmm. Salad. Hydrate. That's not the first thing I would have thought to get <laughs> no. you through a long. Well, I've, I've been I've been living on Doritos and Cheetos, but ah. she yesterday she had this beautiful looking salad yeah. yesterday, and I'm like, I'm doing it all wrong. That's why you have the energy to do what you do, and why I am sneak eating Doritos on set, <laughs> <laughs> grumpy as the day is long. Yeah, man. Okay, so for anyone who. Uh, there's there's a bunch of different types of people that are going to come to the show. Mm-hmm. There are people who have seen possibly Beauty and the Beast, which is two years ago. Right. Uh, and they're like, man, that was awesome. We're coming back. Uh, there are people that have never seen a show put on at Grace Church. And then there are people that uh, we're going to invite that may may or may not have ever come into the building of Grace Church. And so um, for for any of those people, what what can we expect from Mary Poppins in terms of dancing and um, yeah, what can we expect? Well, I will say out of all the shows that I've done, this is by far the most, the most we've ever moved mm-hmm. the chorus and dance wise. So wow. it, it is even more than Beauty and the Beast. Um, there are a lot more different <laughs> I'm styles. shaking my head vigorously and I wasn't even yeah. in Beauty and yes. the Beast. Um, a lot more and a lot more of the chorus dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're more engaged in, in this one. Um, there is tap. So I'm super excited yeah, about that. There that's is, cool. Oh, yeah, you know, tap damping, chimney sweeps. My favorite part is actually watching the dancers dance. Cause like I can, I can do what I can to try to make it look like I'm, my feet are doing what they're supposed to do. But I just get so captivated by watching the tappers and the mm-hmm. dancers just effortlessly move through space and it looks so cool. Yeah, just totally fascinating. Yeah, that's been fun too. We started with Beauty and the Beast adding a dance dancer chorus mm. um, where it's specifically a lot a lot of the um, girls from dance ministry, the ladies from dance ministry, and then also people that we know out at other churches that dance or um, in the other dance world, you know, in the dance world kind of locally will come in and join us for this these shows. And that actually adds a level where we can mm-hmm. we can work and kind of do some more technical stuff and add some you know kind of wow mm-hmm. oh my wow goodness. factors to it and then adding yeah. the chorus and and it kind of lightens the load a little bit for the chorus and yeah. it does make kind of putting it's some just of the dynamic together. the tapping is mm-hmm. phenomenal so a lot of the people who are tapping probably aren't tap dancers right 
No, they are all tap dancers. Yeah. Well, like, it's phenomenal. Is Brad Becky not tap, tap not dancing? Tap dancing. Okay. No. So everybody who's tap dancing yeah. has experience doing this. Yes. You're not teaching no. people like me how to tap dance, no. right? Okay. And that was that was I love I love so many of our our people here at Grace where over the summer they were like, "Can you teach me tap?" And mm-hmm. it was like if you don't know now, yeah. it's, we're, it's not, we're not getting there. And that's what people, I think, it is a completely different genre of yeah. dance. It really is. I mean, it's noisemakers on your feet. So it's like yeah. drumming with your feet. So it's something that takes a long time to do that. And what I love about what what I'm really enjoying was reconnecting. So I grew up in a tap company out of Muncie. And one of the girls I grew up tapping with actually does go to Grace. And mm. then um, another girl teaches at Nora Elementary. So she knew. Oh, cool. She, yeah. So she knew a lot about um, that and her yeah. class had come. So to be able to reconnect and both of them now are dancing in the show, to be able to cool. tap dance with two girls, That's awesome. ladies, I yeah. guess, that I grew up dancing with has been really fun to do. Yeah. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. did you, are you, do you still continue dancing even though you have a career and like a... a I try. It definitely, um, as I've gotten older, you know. Whatever the, do you mean? The body hurts a little more. There's a whole lot, you know, yeah. Older. Tim, Tim, Tim how does that make you feel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know. It, Get out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. It's, it's, it makes it harder. It makes it harder, the, the impact of that. And there are things now where, you know, I'm like, nope, not rolling on the ground. I'm old enough not to. So you make changes as you get older of, you know. Well, there's someone backstage who's helping with costumes that gave me um, some essential oil sport gel. (laughs) She's like, I heard you were sore. Just rub this off. It's going around that you're sore. I have some in my backpack if you want. Oh, don't think I don't have my own concoction. Okay. Sport gel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it worked. It Mm -hmm. totally worked. Essential oils sport gel? Listen, y'all, I'll show you. You can experience it firsthand. <laughs> so, um, I didn't even ask you, why do you love dance? Why do you love dance? You know, I, when I was little, I loved just, um, I love the music. I love being able to combine music with those sounds. And for me, it was a lot of the tap and, and mm-hmm. finding those rhythms and stuff. And then being in a, you know, kind of community of other dancers and that camaraderie and stuff. And so, and as I got older, I really enjoyed creating pieces. I love telling stories. And that's something with the dance ministry over the years I've really enjoyed is is finding that perfect song with the perfect dance to help tell the story of the sermons mm-hmm. that we do. And then as I, and for these shows in particular, I really do love working in the community with the chorus people and kind of seeing them grow and, and seeing, you know, obviously a, a show that people can come into the church and they walk away and they go, wow, that was at yeah. a church. Like that, yeah. that's absolutely what I absolutely love That's about cool. It. Mm-hmm. And the storytelling part is also cool because for someone like me, who's just like, man, that just looks really hard. I, I could miss the story part, mm-hmm. but I love that you care so much about how dancing helps you understand or, yeah, helps you understand that story that's being told in the show and mm-hmm. it kind of tells a story of its own, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'm fascinated by the layers of cool. Like I was always fascinated by this with with visual art. Mm-hmm. I would look at a piece of visual art. You ever watch Bob Ross? Oh yes. So relaxing to just Happy sit on the couch trees. with your Doritos yeah. or your Cheetos and watch mm-hmm. Bob Ross. I <laughs> love squirrel noises. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, you know, about 10 minutes into his painting. Okay, that's good. 
I, w- I would stop right there. But then he <laughs> takes it to another level and then there's yeah. the bird or the snow on the tree and it wasn't mm-hmm. there five seconds ago and it's super cool. That's what this, the dance has been for me in this production mm-hmm. is we learned this piece and oh, that's cool. That's going to be cool. But then there's another level and another level and the levels just keep going up and up and mm-hmm. it's such a spectacle. There's so many layers of cool and that is mind boggling to me because I would have just stopped at like step one. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. yeah. Good I enough. would have been proud of myself. Self. Yeah. I got to say, I was really surprised that you guys decided to implement the laser show uh, in the middle of the yeah. second act. Oh, Spoil- yeah. That was Spoiler a alert. huge surprise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not in the movie. Uh, version no. of yeah. the show. No, and it is different. It's yeah, just just know it's a little different than the movie version. Mm-hmm. So, and you you got to leave here in a little bit because you're you teach dance at a school. Is that right? Or I, what, what what's um, your involvement there? Well, I am any right now. Pretty much, I do a lot of contract kind of dance work outside of my uh, normal job. And so, of course, because I have a problem saying no, mm-hmm. I am also doing Heritage Christians, <laughs> Thoroughly Modern Millie. So um, I You're am, leading that choreography too? Uh, yes. oh, oh my goodness. My, yeah. goodness. So, <laughs> so they do know, I've worked with them for quite a few years, so they know when I do a grace, they, every couple of years we you know do two shows at one time. And so we give and take and work out a schedule that works wow. well for everybody. But yeah, it's... Yeah, I have Do those problem. kids know what windows and doors are? They know what windows and doors <laughs> are. Yes, trust okay. me. My um, am I encouraging loudly for people? Yeah, it goes yeah. everywhere I go. I like how you so. say you're encouraging I'm loudly. Encouraging yeah. loudly. Windows and doors are where we stand. That's right. It's where we stand yes. in yeah. formation. Yeah, yes. you got. Everybody's got to be seen. So you're either in a door or a window. window. You can't be in both. No. You can't be behind a door or a window. You just you got to be seen. Right? Is that Correct. what that means? Totally. Right. Correct. <laughs> Well, I can't wait. I know that the show's kind of almost sold out. I mean, it you, really is. Yeah. So we're, we've got a cap of like nine or 10,000 tickets and we are last I heard it was hot. over 8,000. It's probably higher yeah, than Yeah. We're like 8,500 ish range. So. I have a guest room in my house that is booked solid really? for the wow. next two weekends. Yeah. Sheesh. I, my wife told me that she was going to the show with her friend, which meant she said, I got tickets and I'm going with, and she named her friend. I thought, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I forgot Tim. Well, yeah. So my mom had to rearrange. Um, she bought tickets for one day, but then something came up and she couldn't make it to that day. So she had to switch the tickets with another day. And oh. by then it was hard to find two seats, two seats together. together. Yeah. So there's lots of single Singles. seats. Yes. This well, is a new thing. For you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, when Tim, you, you can come go by alone. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always figured there'd be some way I could get in. <laughs> <laughs> no connections. No connections. Yeah, but I'm just saying. You have yeah. a fob. You can get in the back door that way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Would you like to be a chimney sweep? Oh. Do you think we could <laughs> fit one late. more chimney Sounds sweep like on that late. stage? Totally. <laughs> um. So this is a new thing for Grace Church because any show to this point, it's like, well, we're doing fine on ticket sales, but after the first weekend of shows, we do two weekends mm-hmm. at a time. And after the first weekend of shows, that's when the second weekend's slots get all filled up. This is like new territory for us. And we're like, do we do waitlist? Like, what are we doing? Because everybody's excited early, which is great. Yeah. Well, Lori, thanks for being here. Of course, can you stick you. around and uh, sure. crack wise about stuff and the sermon? And good. 
We got some music coming up. Crackwise about the killing of the firstborn. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, oh, oh man. I brought gracious. some show and tell too. You Ooh. did? Yeah. My. Yeah. I did. All right. Do we, <laughs> I did. Do we need to take a break, or do you got your stuff? It's in my bag, right over here. My okay. backpack. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's just get right into it. Tim, you had a great sermon this past weekend. We're still in our freedom series, uh, going through Exodus. And um, you talked about the events of Exodus 12, which we refer to as the Passover. And um, you called this the central story of the Old Testament. And I personally would have said it was the prayer of Jabez, but <laughs> let's get into why you said why you said that. So um, this is found in Exodus 12. And uh, for anyone who may have missed it, haven't seen, haven't seen or checked out the sermon yet, what did you really want to communicate or what was your big idea behind the sermon last weekend? I, um, I felt that the, the biggest of ideas was the connection between what was given to the Jews through this process if they put their faith in what they were told to do and the connection to the faith that we have in Jesus. And mm-hmm. that, that was the biggest idea. Good. That's what I took away. So and, I did. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, that was what I was wanting to say. And I said it was the central story. I think the Exodus is the central story and the central aspect of that whole story is the Passover. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I firmly believe that to be mm-hmm. the case because it's a moment of great faith I mean, we don't really think about it, but can you imagine the, the, I guess the verbal discussion between the, and I know they argue about how many Jews there were, but it, you know, the, if there were even, even 50,000, which is like the little number that some people put on it and other people go all the way to over a million people when they have to get this to each other and they say, you got to do this and you got to do this, you know, they can't, they don't, they don't have any way to write it down or anything. Yeah. They just got to tell each other what to do. And then they all do it. And the most interesting thing to me is that when they come out, it says, and they came out with a rabble with them of <laughs> other foreigners. And so I don't even know what that means, but yeah. a bunch of other people did it too. <clears throat> and because they believed it, it's a huge act of faith in a God that they've had almost nothing to do with except through oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And so they do it, they eat the meal, they do the blood thing, and the next day they leave and it's God comes through. He keeps his promise in a manner that everybody wants him to. We, that's what we want to have. Mm. But just even the, f- the fact of having to do what they had to do was, I mean, it's just unusual it's an unusual yeah. thing and yet it happens but if that but when you start to take all of the details of what they did and then you start laying it on top of the story of Christ his death in particular then it's it's just they're amazing and so and we would all say that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the central story of sure. the new testament <clears throat> but um i think the reason that they work together that I would say that same thing about both of them is that they were, there's no coincidence in any of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It, they're, they're both in some sense, the same central story. Right. Of, of God. The thing that, that if you remember a couple of weeks ago, my dad was saying that Tim would say something that would make our jaws yeah. drop. And it had to do with the definition of the word that we translate Passover. Say Could you, rem- can I play that? I got a clip. Oh yeah. Go for it. Huh. This word isn't given to us to be a picture of God passing over anything. 
It is a picture of God himself. Remember, this is his pasach, his stopping. God himself halting, stopping. God stopping and standing in the doorway of the houses with blood on their doorposts, keeping guard. It's a picture of God firmly stationing himself in the doorway of his people's homes and not allowing the destroyer, that angel of death, to enter their houses. Now this is not God floating over Egypt. It is God standing guard. The actual meaning of this moment has been lost because of an English transliteration of the Hebrew word. Passover is not the celebration of passing over anything, but of God defending and protecting. It is the celebration of God personally not allowing the destroyer to touch a single Israelite or a single Israelite animal. And I am really drawn to this image of God standing in the doorway like this keeping death at bay. Sorry, I was kind of worked up, wasn't I? <laughs> that was awesome. I was worked up. And so was I. I we have got to learn the art of the praise break in this church. There were a couple of moments where I was like, yes! The praise yes! break. I've had a ham and organ and a full Leslie in my basement for five years just yes, begging somebody to Lord. come bring it and put it on stage so somebody could do that. That's awesome. <laughs> I get it. I... I've been living with this for some time. Okay. Because Dave made it sound like, oh man, there's news. Like we're breaking news here. But you've kind of uh, been no, waiting. It, it seems like you were you were worked up. You were really kind of excited to yeah, talk about this. Yeah, I've actually got um, a number of Jewish uh, commentators on this passage. And I'll say the same thing. In fact, one just says, I'm not even going to try to change everybody because it's just so in our brains that it's not even worth talking about. But, and then he goes on, it's really interesting uh, how what he says, but if you go to any any of the technical stuff about the Hebrew, they'll tell you the same thing. And it's just that we've gotten stuck. We've gotten stuck in a storyline. Mm-hmm. The language and the rep- repetition of the language has gotten to where we have a picture in our minds and we can't break out of it. And unfortunately, it changes the story. It yeah. changes the story. Yeah. And I'm not, I wasn't expecting, I'm not expecting us to change the whole world of Christendom so they come around to this. I mean, the stuff's out there. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes what guys will do in, in commentaries, they'll go, well, this is one possibility and this is another possibility and this is another possibility. And they'll name this as the one, just one of a couple. Because what they don't want to do is make everybody mad who's already thought about it a certain way. I just felt like, wow, what an honor I get to introduce to our people a different way of thinking about it. And and here's how I feel about it. If I get to heaven and Jesus takes me aside and goes, look, Tim, you know that thing about the Passover thing? <laughs> you were wrong about it. I like your heart about yeah. it, but you were wrong about it. I'll take that over not bringing it up. Sure. When I've got lots of reasons to think that I'm that we're right on it and change people's minds if nothing else it gives us an it's so personal and it it's like it means that god was interested in each home in an individual Mm -hmm. way and he's standing in the doorway and so i just it just meant something to me yeah it it definitely came through it reminded me of a passage in john 10 um jesus saying that he is the gate um I'll just read John 10, seven. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who've come before me are thieves and robbers, 
robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, they will go out, they will find pasture. The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so go I, ahead, New King James. <laughs> sorry, no, this is not New King James. I, I keep bringing this. I call it you know, the cultural study background, cultural background study Bible. It's my favorite thing that has happened to me since coming here and purchasing <laughs> this book. <laughs> Better than all of the other things is yeah. this particular book. Good. It's great. I had heard before of um, the practice of shepherds um, having a pen with a narrow opening. And laying across laying that crush, opening yeah. um, to keep thieves and robbers from coming in to, to just protect the sheep. And, and there's a note about that in um, this translation as well, about uh, even modern Middle Eastern shepherding practices, that they sleep across the entrance to a temporary shelter, guarding the sheep with their own lives, guarding the sheep themselves. And so for you to say that God is standing in the doorway, protecting us from harm, brought me right to that imagery of Jesus himself in the red letters saying, I am the gate. Mm. Okay, that and it's in John, and that's really important because the only person who records John the Baptist calling Jesus the Lamb of God, which is the only time he's called Lamb of God is when John the Baptist calls him that. Really? Yeah, that's the only time. And What? And, and, I didn't know that. And nobody, <laughs> and I, I mentioned this, and I want to make it clear that I know that sheep and goats are, are, are sacrificed at other times in the system of Jewish sacrifice, but they're not ever sacrificed for the whole, for sin, for, un, for known committed sin. The only time that the people's sin was, there was a sacrifice for known committed sin mm. was in the day of atonement. And so, and that was a bull and they chose two goats. One they sacrificed and the other they sent out into the wilderness. Scapegoat. Right. And That's so what that means? That's what it's from. Yeah, it's from, yeah. And so that would not have made any sense when they, because it goes, it goes, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin, singular, of the world. I don't think they knew what he was talking about. I think that John just remembered it. And then when he had his vision of Jesus and he sees the lamb who mm -hmm. looks as if he was slain, now he's starting to make all these connections. He knows what Jesus has done. And then when he gets around to recording it, he records everything that he can that connects Jesus with that kind of story because it's, it's so powerful and, and you're not going to find it in any other book but the Gospel of John. I think there's a huge connection between wow. between all of this stuff. So you think they did this all on purpose? Who? Like the writers, like the, the writer of John, the writer I of... I think that John absolutely did it on purpose. That's awesome. That makes it not just like way more meaningful, but just like cool. That's a cool thing to yeah. know. I'm sure, I'm sure it went like this. He's already seen the other gospels. He's an old man. He's living in Ephesus. He's everybody else is dying off and he's still just telling the story. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you got to write this stuff down or we're going to lose it. And he goes, well, there's an awful lot of stuff that, that connects Jesus to the Passover that I remember. And mm -hmm. I probably ought to write it down because the other That's guys were not really particularly interested in the carrying that story on Yeah, because of the, Four gospels, only two of them were actual eyewitnesses. 
And he brings, I mean, almost everything he says, nobody else has in their gospel because I think it's because he realized they just didn't get around to saying it because it wasn't relevant to their particular audience. But yeah. his audience, he wanted us to remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said to tie the two stories together, everything you talked about from the people loving the lamb in their house, mm-hmm. uh, the Israelites loving the lambs in their house to prepare it for the Passover or prepare it for the the, the meal, right? Uh, to the death of the lamb at twilight mirrors Yeah, I got to go back. I, I might, I just want to be straight on that one. I might be wrong on that. I'm, I know that that Je- because I had to think it through, and I, I talked to somebody about it. I think that Jesus was pr- he probably died at around three in the afternoon because mm. we had three hours of darkness, which would not have mattered if he'd have died at twilight. Sure. So I think that he was actually he actually died at the moment that they eventually set aside for the sacrifice of lambs. Now I might be wrong on my detail, but the st- the thing works out the same that Jesus dies at the same time that they sacrifice yeah. lambs in the time. And so that's, that's the point, but yeah. there's so many connections. Yeah. There's you so said many. even to call it, you already said the calling Jesus, the lamb of God to Jesus last meal being the Passover meal uh, to Jesus's arms outstretched on wooden beams, like God standing in the middle of a door frame during the Passover. Right, he died without any of his bones being mm-hmm. broken, just like they had to. And I'm going to say something that's. I'm going to say something. I don't think I've said this, and it's probably going to freak people out. Gird your loins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that Jesus, was perfect. Jesus did not die from being crucified. He died on a cross. He died because he bled to death. Yeah. And his, if he'd have died from being, crucifixion was a bloodless punishment. You suffocated. Right. And, and the, and suffocation is dying with your life still in you. It's leaving your blood in you. Jesus had to bleed out all of his, I mean, I could talk about this thing for a long time, but I just want you to know that. Lori's got to go. So he was, he was beaten and injured in a manner previous to getting to the cross that he bled to death because that's the only honorable way he could die. If he had died suffocating, the Romans would have caused him to die in a dishonorable manner. Crucifixion was purposed to dishonor people because they died with their blood still in them. Now, and and this is a reason. This is a reason that God's never going to drown everybody in a flood again because you die with your blood still in you. I mean, we can right. go on and on and on and on and on about right. this stuff. And this is something we always miss in our culture because we're like, for us, we're like, oh, blood, ew. But like back then, <laughs> blood is absolutely foundational to their understanding of life and right. and in other cultures to this day. Sure. Right. And it, and in their blood was some sort of mystical power mm. that gave us the, the life that we have was held in our blood. And I've, I've talked to you about the guy that stabs Jesus at the cross before, haven't I? Have I talked to you about that? Do tell. Okay. When, okay. The, the ancient, at the time, the ancient world believed that the, that people's life was contained in their blood. The mystical power that kept us alive was in our blood. But in the God, to the gods, they had a different fluid. And I wish I could remember it right off the top of my head, but there's a fluid that that flowed through the veins of the gods. 
and it was a clear liquid that looked like mm. water. And so when that guy, they stabbed Jesus in the side and we all go, well, they poked his this and that and all this and the blood and the water. Came. And the guy goes, surely the way this man mm-hmm. died, he was the son of a God. That's what he says. And what it was, it's a perfect statement of him being fully man and fully God because mm-hmm. he had the blood that come out came out of him with which was life and he had the water which god came, blood god blood in him he had both come out at the same time and so what that is is a statement of his full humanity and his full divinity at the same time at the cross and we miss it every time because we don't want to think about either one of them except in some scientific manner and yet in the story itself and in, in, at the time it was written they would have all gone wow that's a pure sign of his divinity and his humanity is that in the gospel of john I don't know off the top of my head. Just curious. <laughs> don't need to know now. I'm just wondering. I just know that it, like when I figured that one out, it was like, we need to tell people this. Yeah, that's incredible. I never even heard that before. We talked about that on the pod at one point. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I've, I've heard it You've all. You've heard it. My whole life. <laughs> I, think, I think I mentioned it before because it was yeah. like one of those things. Yeah. That yeah. I, and it's, yeah, I knew I'd mentioned it before. Sorry. Sorry to no, bring it up we, again. We, but... we listen to you. It's just Tyler. Well, what I mean by I've never heard it before is the, the whole thing we're talking about here is the Jesus part and the Passover part. I mean, I've been a Christian for 20 years and I've never heard it this way. The God, like God standing in the doorframe protecting, mm. um, and the, the, how that is draw. There are parallels to, to Jesus and what that means for us. And we don't have to spill. You said we don't have to spill our blood or we don't have to put it on a doorframe, but it's the same freedom. Right. That's offered. It, uh, that terrible. I, I said spares them from the terrible consequences of death. Cause I talked about the consequences mm-hmm. of the death of firstborn. Then I said they were spared from those consequences. And then given freedom, which way they didn't expect. So I, at the time they weren't thinking about it, but when we, and this is true too, even today, when people come to surrender their lives to Jesus, most of the time it's because they have some desire to be the guilt of their lives to be taken away. They see the, the death and resurrection of Christ has having something to do with removing the barrier between them and God. And the thing they don't think about is the freedom that we receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's exactly the same, same story. I mean, I, when I think about it, it's just like, how, why? And and I'm not the, I, I will say this. I, got all of my main notions about this whole thing from Jewish commentators who have no interest in Jesus. They, you know, they're, they're not Jews who became Christians. They're just Jewish scholars. And the more I looked at it, the more it just all was coming together. But this thing about the word in the Hebrew is mm-hmm. absolutely begins with Jewish scholarship. It does not come out of Christian scholarship. Mm-hmm. And how do you say that word? Pesach. Okay. So there is a at the end. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a okay. Okay. End. By the way, I checked. It is in the Gospel of John and only the Gospel of John, the spear thing, which makes sense because of John's commitment to the deity of, of Christ, Christ in his Gospel. Barry, you Boom. get a fist bump. Fist bump for that. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm so like it, because we've doing been doing the pod. I feel like we have the the three of us especially have had an opportunity to kind of like see some threads connecting through messages. And right Mm. now I'm immediately thinking about the messages that are continuing in the future, like December 1st, 
I'm preaching about the opening to the gospel of John and how he connects the deity of Christ back to Genesis and to, it's just like, all this cool stuff that's starting to, I love the little yeah. threads. Barry, so. you got all the spoiler alerts today. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> just putting it all out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert, Barry's going to preach. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, it'll happen. I'll be up there again. I, yeah. When I t- and then, and then w- with what you just said, the week weekend before, I'm teasing my January series where I'll be preaching for four weeks in a row. And I'm doing it on Romans 8, talking about the freedom that comes from sin or freedom from sin and from brokenness and all that, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's all, it's all connected. That's going to, that's going to require a lot of praise breaks and maybe we can have (laughs) the Hammond in place by then. Um, because that's, yeah. How do you do praise breaks at a multi-campus reality? (laughs) You give them all Hammond. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, anyway, what were we, what were you going to ask or say or do? Nothing. That was, I mean, that my takeaway was just like mind blown from the weekend. It was just mind blown. Mm. That was my big takeaway. What did, did you guys, uh, you, you, your takeaway sounds like the thread thing. Yeah. Well, you remember, maybe you don't. I remember (laughs) my first in the Exodus series, my first message, the whole thing I was trying to get across is how foundational this whole story is to everything, to this, to the rest of scripture. And so this is, proof that I was right. <laughs> yeah. So this is, it, right, it's just, it's, it. it's encouraging to think about, wow, like this stuff that I always grew up thinking this was just Sunday school, like neat kind of somewhat disturbing stories to listen to from the past. And all of a sudden I'm, it's now it's, it's my story. This, mm. this Passover is my yes. story. Yeah. And it, it suddenly makes the, I mean, man, the old Testament is so much cooler than I ever thought it was. Yeah. 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 So. That's my takeaway too, that it needs, it needs to be our story and that sometimes we tend to distance ourselves from it because it's uh, from a culture that's not ours. It's from centuries and centuries and centuries ago and what even are bitter greens and, you know, just, it's, I, yeah, it's, there's, yeah, we know about that. Too, yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's easy to be sort of removed from right. the yeah. story. Um, and that's why I was encouraged. Um, again, I, I had. I love when sermons bring me to another place and to have this sermon remind me, oh yeah, Jesus, he said he was the gate. Of course, God was standing in the doorway. He, he's the entrance. He is the way he's, mm-hmm. he's the gate. He's protecting us standing, you know, just protecting us. There's a part further on in John 10 and I broke out into a, a mini praise break at my kitchen <laughs> table last night, reading this to my husband. He says, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then this is my favorite part. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and I must bring, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Oh my goodness. I've said it before. That's fun. I love when I see the invitation to me, the Gentile. Mm. I've got other sheep too. They're not of this flock. They're not of this pen, but I've got to go get them too. I, I just feel the love in that passage that he's thinking of me and he's thinking of all of us who were not born into an Israelite clan or, right you know, up. that Jesus says that of us, you know, mm-hmm. I got other sheep too. And, and John, go get John would make sure that that, that his remembering that would end up in the gospel because he's living in Ephesus, which is a town with a church that's made up of both Gentiles and Jews. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make sure that, that he, because he's always 
anxious to quote Jesus to give credibility to to the way things need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold, meaning exactly what you were talking about, who's going to argue with Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Lori, had you, have you ever heard this talked about in this way? No. And I was completely mind blown. And that, and I remember I got home and I pulled, you know, pulled into the driveway and I looked at my own house, the door of my house and like mm. that's, and that's what I saw. And I, so as I've continued over the past couple of days of like seeing different doorways or even as I've, you know, of the weight of other things going on in life and stuff, it's, it's that image of you standing there and then thinking that, okay, God's barricading mm-hmm. the door and, and keeping me, yeah. you know, I'm behind him. He's protecting me and he's guarding me that, that for me, I think will stay with me for a lifetime. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, such a amazing picture. I mean, I never really thought about the Passover. Like I, I've, I've seen, I don't know, cartoons or something about it where it looks like there's a spirit flying <laughs> yeah, over. I you. think yeah. we are all affected by the poorly drawn cartoons yes. that yeah. have the black black smoke wafting. Yeah, so I never even thought about this. <laughs> Watch that wafting smoke. But that is a life changing mm-hmm. uh, image yeah. to have God standing. You know, Tim, protecting. do you have out of curiosity? Do you have a word in English that you would prefer to use instead of Passover, or would you just prefer to use the Hebrew word because Pesach? Pesach. Yeah, I don't. I'm Exemption not or or yeah, something we, else. I'm I'm okay with keeping it the Passover because it's just there. Yeah, I mean, I no, I hadn't even thought about that. No, I just wanted to try to change our thinking about it generally, just so that mm. people have an image that works for them. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's it's a scary story, and right. it, if it has no connection to us, but it ha- then it's somewhat useless for us as we go about life other than knowing that it's in the Bible. Yeah. I think Pesach is, is here to stay. Well, I was telling the guys before you came in that um, my son came home from Merge Sunday night. Merge, he goes to Fishers and I asked him how it went and he's like, yeah, it was good. Uh, the guys just kept saying Pesach all night. <laughs> him and his teenage buddies, Pesach. It's sticking. I've been thinking about your son a lot lately, actually. So... We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and in two weeks, uh, just because of the nature of the poem that I'm going to be talking about in Exodus 15, I will be also introducing a Hebrew word, oh. which also has a ruach. ruach. Oh. So oh. People yeah. are be Looky walking, there! People are going to be walking around, <laughs> hawking up loogies all day long. Oh my goodness. Man, thanks for that image. <laughs> it's cold season. It's a beautiful language. All right. Tim, <laughs> thanks for the message. It, I think uh, I could tell you were super excited to, to give it. And uh, I was nervous that it would be so boring that if no I didn't way, like give myself fully to it bodily, <laughs> that's why I kept standing. I, I knew what I was doing Yeah, because when I introduced it to the worship, to the design team, I, I didn't get a response of much of anything because everybody's looking at their computers trying to find a song. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, you know us too well. And I was like, I, I better put, some, uh, <laughs> some else, more, um, something else into this besides just the language because I'm not getting very you threw, your body, you threw your body on the altar of this sermon to uh, yeah yeah well, I mean, if teenage boys are walking around saying Pesach yeah, that's and a it's stuck with them and well, when they could just be saying gird your loins, if Pesach yeah. stands out above gird your loins, gird you've your done loins, a great yeah. job. I had told my wife about this um, a couple weeks ago 
And she would just listen to me as I was explaining where I was going. Mm -hmm. And she didn't say much. And then the next night, for some reason, I had dinner alone with dear friends. I don't know where Jennifer was. Oh, she'd gone to Chicago to be with our family up there, with our grandkids. And so I had dinner with these friends. And the wife says to me, your message has had such a profound impact on your wife. She actually wrote to me or talked to me about it and explained it all to me. And I want you to explain exactly what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Because clearly what you said to her had such an impact that she felt moved to share that with me and was excited for the sermon. And I thought, well, why didn't she just say that to me? You know, it's like I'd have felt better about it. She said, Jennifer, I could use a little more feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. So that was great. Uh, Lori, you still good on time? I'm good till five. Okay. Uh, Let's go to our next segment. It's become a fan favorite. (laughs) Which Uh, is... Music oh, I've never heard man. of. Okay, wait a minute. I got to get my my stuff out here. <laughs> right, yeah, Tim's I, got Tim show and has tell. really gone on a limb this time because it, this is Tim's opportunity to brag on his wife is really what it comes. Right. Oh, hey. And and I got a. I brought two songs. If we only play one, that's fine. All right, I got one. I got one in the chamber. Okay, I hope it's the right one. Yeah, it's the right one. And I just had to. This there's a background to this because. This is really the thing that launched that whole part of my life, that that Cousins from Venus thing. And I don't, I hate starting any sentence with I remember or back when or uh-huh. anything. I'm just not that person. I don't live in the past. But I was cleaning some stuff out and I found the CD and the CD was actually mostly roughs that were done to give to RCA because they were interested in the band. All right. And this is the song. And my wife... And remember, this is early 80s. It was recorded on 8-track. Eight 8-track. Eight it's all analog. There's no digital nothing in this. We did it at Hit City, which is sort of like, at the time, was the studio that you went to when you couldn't afford anything. And back then, <laughs> nobody really was recording music because you didn't put out records on your own back yeah. then if you weren't with a label. So we went in, and and we had played three nights and we had just ripped up Broad Ripple. That's all I got to say. It was like, it was, it was just insane. And you may remember this. Yeah, you were Barry, there. Barry, you were there. No, you were there. No. Wait, early eighties. <laughs> I was not born until eighty three. So okay, well, okay, you might you might remember this vaguely in your memory because what happened was, and I'm not this. I'm not being pejorative in the least on this. But there were two people that went to the church that we went to, and they had done one of those projects up at Alexandria where they, like the music, they they would take like eight or nine current Christian gospel-y songs, and the band plays them, and they record it, and one song they write for them special, and you pay them, and in one day they record all the music, and the next day you all sing it, and and I, I like the people that did that, but it's, yeah. it was a thing. Well, the day that we recorded this song and some other stuff, but we recorded this song, was the day that at our church they had the big concert for those two people to come sing to their tape. And I remember coming out of the studio and thinking, (laughs) my mind is just blown by what we accomplished. Yeah. And I go to the church and you can't get in because the the place is jam-packed to see these two people sing to a tape. (laughs) And I I remember sitting in the balcony thinking... Dear, well, oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> I was thinking there is something wrong because this place will you can't breathe in here because everybody's so excited to see this thing which yeah as much as i hate to say it they just got taken by one of those music factory things and they're great people they're great people but not the <laughs> they're music. not they're not listening we can yeah. talk bad about it <laughs> well the people that i'm talking about actually they oh they are listening yeah and so and, salt to the earth yeah and <laughs> i remember thinking if we came in and did what we do, they would think we were on our way to hell. <laughs> and it just was the time. It's just yeah. that kind of the time. So, okay, first off, I got to get my <laughs> my special stuff out, okay? Can yeah. I just get my get special stuff? Get the good stuff, stuff Tim. Okay. How was I supposed to remember that? <laughs> we all know you were there. You were probably there. What year-ish? I don't know, 83, 84? 83, I was... okay. Okay. Zero. There's Jennifer. Yes. Don't pay attention to the man in the mullet in that picture. Look at her. Wow. Look at this woman. You, can, does she how, look like she can? Tyler, move? how are we going to share these for people who are listening? How, can, does she look like we she won't. could take? I, scan them? Can we put them? I saw her on numerous occasions take the whole of a large, like the Vogue or the patio, and just take the audience by their throat and tell them to jump around. Yes. And they would do it. She was, she ruled. Awesome. Maren, describe what you're looking at. I'm looking at the coolest woman I've ever seen. (laughs) Is she cool? Is that, I carry that around in my Bible just to remind me the blessing that I have, that I got to I got to know her when she was in charge of everything cool in Indianapolis. And eating a snow cone. Mm. That's I just amazing. Say, you guys both have aged very well. Okay, and I brought this in because this is the coat that they made me get. I had to go to New York City to get that's this. Beautiful. To wear still in that. It. Yeah, it still fits me. Let me just tell you, that's the best part. Like I said, you but aged really well. It, this, I we went to New York to get fashion. Wow. And they put me in this and the woman that sold it to me, she looked me in the eyes and said, if you cut the shoulder pads out of that coat, I will find you and kill you. Whoa. So, and they are hefty. Oh, My yeah. Well, goodness, are they hefty. Is that a cool coat? Or they don't, they don't make shoulder pads like they used to. That's Barry, for sure. Barry is in the coat market. <laughs> this might be. Uh, it's pretty cool. And this perfect. is this is why we Facebook live. Yeah. Is that cool or what? But this was this is the oh, this is the, I had gotten this right about the time of this stuff and this song again. It's eight track. It's not high, but okay. And you just gotta let Jennifer. Let it happen. Yeah, and it was like it was at the time when they were taking old stuff and turning it into mm-hmm. new cool stuff. Everything on its analog. What's it called? Bobby's girl. All right, let's check it out. You can crank it too. You're not a kid anymore. You're not a kid anymore. You're not a kid anymore. When people ask of me, what would you like to be? Now that you're not a kid anymore. That's Jennifer. Pump it, brother. <laughs> Wait, Tyler, stop talking. Listen to her voice. 
They're stupid guys. You got to get to one place. You can't stop it until we I'm get to one place. Stop it. Barry, what did you think the first time you heard this? Yeah, remember? Well, <laughs> I thought. I, I don't even know. Oh, I hear it. Y'all are tight. Picture hundreds of people jumping around. <laughs> It's just, that's what this did. All of them with 80s haircuts. Oh, yeah, but it was mind. cool. Yeah. It's cool, man. Okay, now, right here when we go to the break, listen to her voice. This takes the... Every time I hear this, I think it's... Oh, here, you'll like this. Turn. You're not a kid anymore. I'm not a kid anymore. You're not a kid anymore. <laughs> I've never seen Tim so happy. Oh, no, I just... This he guy, listen to this guitar player. <laughs> you gotta he's, crank it. He's doing the 80s. And that's not you? No, not that face. And it's perfect end for this whole world. I wanna be Bobby's girl. Yes. I wanna be Bobby's girl. Anyway, it, that last. I don't know why that last note of that solo was Elvis Costello to me. Oh, yeah. We were huge fans. Yeah. <laughs> we, Tim in rare form. That song uh-huh. could come out today and people would be into it. Yeah. We changed keys. Listen to the. Oh, you got. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Amazing. It's like crystal clear. Oh, she said, and it's probably one take. Wow. What's the drummer? <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. And that's, that's why it's pretty and great. Bravo, Jennifer. Now, I'm just going to say. The RCA picked Mr. Mister over that. Oh, they were stupid. That's oh, all man. I got to say. Her voice was perfection. Oh, she was. It, yeah, she is amazing talent. So, I'm just so fortunate to just live with her. Were you like really jealous of Bobby at the time, or <laughs> is that no, the part you remember? No, That's yeah. <laughs> no, we brought no, we brought that song. You know, we knew that that was an old like late '50s, early '60s pre Beatles song, uh-huh. and the whole thing of cousins from venus was that we lived on venus so we and our and we were 23.7 times 10 to the oh no 23.5 times 10 to the seventh mile, miles from home or something crazy mm-hmm. stupid of course of course <laughs> and <laughs> makes sense and we pre, what the whole thing in the beginning was that we were getting all of our radio feeds years and years after the fact cuz it took it that long to get to venus 
And so we'd come from Venus to play all the songs we thought everybody was loving. <laughs> and they were all songs that had not been played by anybody for 20 years. And so that was the whole idea behind it. The original idea behind your cousins from Venus. And we'd showed up and we'd play all these songs. There were a lot of mashups and weird arrangements, but they were all really, mo really hip 80s things mm. at the time. Mm -hmm. But they were songs that people f would f suddenly realize they were listening to a song they knew, but they yeah. couldn't figure out what it was. And we would say, well, that's the way everybody plays it in Venus. I mean, we're, you know. It was a, <laughs> did, yes. did anyone ever like let you know that actually radio signals take less than eight minutes to get to Venus? Oh, it so, didn't matter to okay, us. Okay, all right. It just making matter. sure, because that's going to throw me off, so. No, we didn't, we didn't care. <laughs> it was just all, it was all funny shit. Can you listen? Who are a couple of your influences? Because I hear Elvis Costello. Yeah. Well, but you also mentioned punk, and I can hear the Talking Heads. Or absolutely. I don't know. Do you know yeah. Kim Wilde? We're the kids in America. America. Yeah. Whoa. And, well, I remember um, that. Uh, what band did uh, I like? Candy. Oh yeah. We were big on that kind of rhythm, mm -hmm. and we were sad when they came out with that song because they stole that from us, but or not from <laughs> us, but it beat us to the punch. Mm. But yeah, we're when the band started, it started by I we had been living in England and I'd fallen in love with Joe Jackson and I'd seen Joe Jackson with the police in and they were nobody at the time, you know. They were all just and so we were way into reggae. I was way into that punk reggae thing and Elvis Costello mm -hmm. and I, uh, the specials mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It was like way into my my wheel, wheelhouse. And I came home and the guitar player is named John Glenn, who I still think is one of the finest, most technically brilliant, beautiful guitar players. And there's a whole redemption story of his life that I could tell you about sometime. But he had, I had played with him in high school and we come back to Indianapolis after eight or nine years away and a lot of it in England. And I got in touch with him and he loved the same stuff. And he said, I know a drummer... Let's get together. Let's get together and goof around and see if we can do anything. And the first thing we learned was a straight up in your face reggae version of I want to hold your hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what started it. And then when we, we and then we got the girls, to, the two girls, just my sister and my wife. And the band just blew up. That's awesome. Well, no it, wonder Jennifer's not giving you feedback on your Passover sermon. What? She's like, I used to run this place, man. She did. I, I don't, you I, don't get my feedback for free. Did. I said broad Yeah, She did. I, I, yeah. Remember, I remember we played, there used to be a place downtown called the Sports Center, and they used to do um, tennis tournaments there, and it would seat about 15,000 people. And we opened for some band down there. I don't even mm -hmm. remember who it was. And the, there are people all up in the seats and all over on the on seats on the ground. They used to do all kinds of concerts there. And she came out and said, let's get up and dance. She screams out like that. <laughs> yes. And they literally emptied out and threw the chairs all away and turned the whole thing into a huge jumping moshy pit thing. And At a tennis show? At no, a tennis it wasn't. Match? It was <laughs> tennis show. No, there wasn't any tennis going on. They oh, were okay. doing a concert. And the poor band that <laughs> followed us, I don't even remember who they were, but by then we had worn everybody out. And, and it's all because of her presence. That's awesome. Wow. Most of my memories of that, to be clear, are <laughs> of really just deeply desiring my blankie. <laughs> deeply, deeply. But I you just, were probably wow. at that thing. It, you And I, we had played, we'd recorded that song and I went straight to, and with some other stuff, and I went straight to that thing and it was, there was just something wrong. Yeah. I was, uh, not happy. Yeah.
I just want to go great. to your house and listen to the specials, if that's okay. Yeah, we can do that. Can we listen to Madness, too? Oh, yeah. Well, I was a big oh, Madness fan. Yeah. That's the coolest. Our house. Yeah, that's still my jam. <laughs> still. 90% well, we got- of these conversations go straight over my head. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. why this is called Nodding. Songs Tyler's Never Heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to bring in, I was thinking about bringing Brent Bourgeois in for you because the, the his first record was really influential with me. And it's, you know, the Pat Boone, Debbie Boone thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the drummer on that record is like the f- most master of that. And I was going to say, this is a record your son, if he really wants to be a drummer, should listen just to how, I mean, it is a, it's a, it sounds like the time period it's from, but that drummer is just using that Pat Boone, Debbie uh-huh. Boone thing so well and so slightly off at times that it's just so cool. So maybe if I, Come listening party listening party yeah. at your house yeah because <laughs> i'm i'm living for brent bruchois well, i'm not living for brent i'm living with brent bruchois Lori, i know you gotta go yes. so Sorry, thank you Lori. for being here thanks for being a great guest yes, can't wait for mary you. poppins see you in a little bit Woo-woo. yeah <laughs> rehearsal I, I gotta go stretch out yes. yeah. you gotta put your uh, that, uh sport cream sport. on or whatever <laughs> it's essential oil oh right yeah. yes uh, Marin, you got you got a song for us. I do, um, and like Tim, I've got to preface this. So, we're we're what week into our Exodus series? This is week five. It's five weeks, maybe four, four, four to five weeks. Four of weeks. Me sitting there going, ah, we could have done this song, and what about this song? And for me, I I I assembled today, dear listener, an Exodus playlist Whoa. that I will post to my Facebook page because there were too many. T- poor Tyler knows he had to wait Man. and wait and wait for my song choice. I got her song about 11 minutes ago. Too <laughs> many good Exodus songs out there. All right. So um, what is this one? This one. And I want to, I want to say, and I'm right at the top of talking about the sermon. You mentioned, um, the oral tradition necessary for the Hebrew children to communicate, to organize, Mm -hmm. to rally, to make things happen. Um, The Exodus story is central to the civil rights movement. It's still central to many of the songs that are sung in churches all over the place. Um, And this is one of my favorite gospel songs. It's called, He's an On-Time God. Mm. And just listen to them tell the story of the Exodus within the first like 30 seconds of this song. Okay, Daddy cool. Peoples. Daddy Peoples. Is it going to make you uh, watch a commercial? I hope not. All right, hang on. I got to do the Wi-Fi thing. That's okay. <laughs> I could not choose between Go Down Moses, Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, his version, I like that. It's a little funkier. Um, Mary, Don't You Weep, Aretha, but that's like mm-hmm. nine minutes long. Um, it came down to two. It came down to Wade in the Water by the Staples Singers because there's no one in this world I would rather sing like than Mavis Staples. Oh. Well, good news. I don't know any of them. <laughs> so you made a great choice. <laughs> Listen to this pocket. They play with such restraint. Mm-hmm. You gotta crank it, Tyler. I don't know how you listen to music at home. 
Now this is church. This yes. is church. Is this the praise break you're talking about? Would you about? listen? <laughs> you can ask the children of Israel at the Red Sea by that mean old Pharaoh and his army. They had a water all around them and Pharaoh on their track. You know what? From out of nowhere, God stepped in. On time. Yeah, that would have been great in North Indy this last weekend if I was leading this song with my acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> you could have pulled it off. We sure. could have called you in some backup. But she'll go on to the next verse. And it's this oral tradition of putting Bible stories in the middle of songs. And sometimes a series of Bible stories that highlight the same point, mm-hmm. that God is on time. Mm. Story number two. Turn it up. <laughs> punchline that's the moral they tell yeah. story after story uh didn't god deliver daniel just story after story of how you know there's this one guy in the bible that was oppressed and he was oppressed for a long time mm-hmm. 400 years in fact but god stepped in yeah right on time <laughs> yeah we we should uh just insert clips of saying gird your loins and pasach over this song he's on time i did a i, I used to teach a music class at my kid's school and I was trying to teach them, this was kids ages first grade through sixth grade. I was trying to teach them to listen to lyrics. Mm. So many times kids just mindlessly sing horrible things. Yeah, and cor- they don't realize do what they're saying. Right, right. And then, unless you're trained, I don't know that, like, I, I think I come by it naturally. But then, not so much. Because when I was a young one and wanted to listen to terrible things, my father would slowly repeat the lyrics to me until I ran to my room and sobbed. So <laughs> it was very good. No. But no, I did a, a ear training class with the kids to say, you know, the minute you recognize this Bible story, this was a Lutheran school, raise your hand. What do you think it is? You know, so that they could pick out the message yeah. that's housed. Five in a minutes song. later, the song's over. No, but not a hand is raised, right? Oh, goodness. No, no. <laughs> these kids could listen. Yeah. Anyway, and then there was one song I did not share, like like Tim. You know, back in the day, you used to give us two choices. But uh, nowadays, we only allowed to pick one. But if I were to read you these lyrics, okay? Slaves. Hebrews born to serve the Pharaoh. Heed to his every word. Live in fear. Faith of the unknown one, the deliverer. Wait, something must be done. 400 years. So let it be written. So let it be done. I'm sent here by the chosen one. 
So let it be written, so let it be done to kill the firstborn Pharaoh's son. Anyone? Anyone? Never heard of it. Sounds like Exodus? <laughs> it's a song called Creeping Death Whoa. by a band called Metallica. Oh. They have their own Exodus song. song. Wow. Which is on my Exodus playlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, why couldn't we do Creeping Death across all three campuses? I don't know. We should. I mean, read these lyrics seriously. Oh, great pod today, guys. Where are we going next? <laughs> We are crossing the Red Sea. All right. Who's this, doing it? Who's, uh, who's leading us? Dad will be doing the actual narrative, crossing mm-hmm. the Red Sea. And then the final, after that, I will be coming back to do the Song of the yep. Sea. All right. So crossing the Red Sea, Last is this the last week of freedom? Or no, is there two weeks. Two more this weeks. Week, okay. And then the following week, I come back and I finish the, the series up with the Song of the Sea. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tim. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming in. Thank you to Lori Seiler. Uh, f- friends of the pod, there are limited tickets left for Mary Poppins. So if you still haven't gotten those, you need to do that probably right now. Stop listening and go buy your tickets because they are almost out. So do that. And uh, don't forget to drop off your green bags. It's uh, the uh, green bag drive all month at Grace Church during October. So don't forget to do that. Uh, and then, Marin, can you please uh, send us out? I would. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday.